This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Put industry leading, difference making, and tomorrow shaping on your to-do list. Explore Deloitte technology careers at deloitte.com slash tech careers. And engineer your future at Deloitte. Want a great way to recognize your employees? Check out Custom Inc. Have you ever thought about doing something special for your customers? Custom Inc. can do that too. And wouldn't your team love some custom gear? Custom Inc. is ready. Custom Inc. is your go-to custom gear partner with great customer service, quality products, and all-in pricing along with personalized help when you need it and an easy-to-use website when you don't. Plus, everything is 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Check out what we can do for your business at custominc.com. Welcome to Cottage Talk Full Time. I'm Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Max Cohen and also Rachel Cohen. This is actually Cottage Talk's Cohen Twins Takeover. This should be an interesting show. Unfortunately, the result did not go Fulham's way, guys, but we have a lot to talk about. We're also going to learn a little bit about Rachel and Max at the end of the show, their Fulham journey. We, 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 I want to learn a little bit about them, and, and I'm just very thankful that both of the Cohens are on with me right now. So I'm not going to waste any time. Rachel, first of all, welcome to Cottage Talk. Thank you so much for joining Max and myself. Unfortunately, the result's not what we want. Yeah, no, thanks so much for having me on the show. I'm a big fan, and I know Max uh, always has a great time. It is sad that we're we're in this situation, yep. you know, where we're full of, you know, improved so much on their first half performance just to have that goal taken away by VAR. But, you know, I'm happy to be on the show talking to both of you. Well, thank you, Rachel. And uh, like I mentioned, we're going to learn a little bit more about Rachel and Max at the end of the show, but we're just going to focus at the beginning of the show, obviously, on our initial reaction to this. And Max, it's Mad Max. I have to go right to you. Give me your initial reaction to this 1-0 loss. Fulham deserved better, but, you know, they created a couple of opportunities. We're obviously going to talk about the VAR situation. That's obvious. But just give me your initial reaction. Yeah, first off, good to be on with Rachel. Um, she's a big listener of the pod, uh, so it's good to have her on. But 
it's it's a disgrace. We were robbed. I think the game's gone in, in many situations. And it leaves me questioning why we're fighting so hard to remain in this league <laughs> when it has just one of the most baffling situations of refereeing I've ever seen. I think you might talk about the letter of the law. Yes. And how that may, makes it the right decision. But I'll go ahead and say it. The letter of the law is wrong. It's an okay. unjust law. You can have unjust laws. It happens all the time. The, the whole point of a handball rule, as we all know, is to stop players from gaining an, an unfair advantage, right? It makes sense. You know, if someone's right. throwing goal, uh, we saw a jaw get sent off for it the other week at that's right. for West Brom. You stick out your arm. That's unfair. What what happened to Marilyn Amina gave no one an unfair advantage. First of all, he's three feet, three yards away from the ball. He can't move. Second off, his hands by his side. It might as well hit his chest. It would have been the same result. There's no advantage given because that hit his arm. And the fact that rules out he a goal. He didn't even know about it. Let's be honest. Even though it's a disgrace. It's a joke. Um, and we've been robbed. And we got robbed at St. James's Park. We've been robbed <laughs> at the college today. This might be the difference between us staying up and going down. I think a point very well may play out, given how tight it will be come May. Uh, it's it's just so frustrating because the entire second half with the better side. Absolutely. Tottenham coming out here. I mean, if they think they can really win the Europa League or even challenge to be top four, that's, that's a joke. They're, they're a poor side. Um, Harry Kane had to resort to diving against a team in the relegation zone. We could talk I, about I was, that because that actually really infuriated me yeah. and not enough has talked about his diving. I'm sorry. I, I lost a lot of respect for them, Russ. Um, yep. But at the end of the day, I think we're going to ask – you know, what about Fulham's performance? Because this, this is a Fulham podcast. Let's talk about Yes, Fulham. of course. We, did, we didn't do enough at the end of the day. No. The crosses were that's, awful. That's the, the shots were line. even worse. The shots were even worse. And when you put on Mitrovic, he's scared to get in the box. And I just have so many upsetting thoughts. Well, you heard Tony Gale's yeah. comments on that. I mean, yeah. where's Mitrovic? And why isn't he in the box? Yeah, We heard that. Unbelievable. But at the end of the day, I think you have to treat this like we deserved a draw because we, ha- we scored a goal. We, I'll, I'll treat it like it was a goal scored, um, and okay. we can talk all we want about performance, et cetera, but it should have been 1-1. It should have been 1-1, and the refs took it away from us. That's the bottom line for me. Okay. We'll go into a little bit more detail on the VAR decision, which infuriated me and probably infuriated everyone, but I want to go to you, Rachel. And again, thank you for joining us, and uh, you're watching. You actually mentioned you and Max were talking at halftime, so I'm curious. What, what were you guys talking about at halftime? And then also just give me your initial reaction overall. Yeah, I mean, I the first thing I said at halftime was that we spent 45 minutes with no chances just to get one at the last seconds of the first half that Lamina just completely, completely didn't fit, didn't follow through on. And so I think, you know, obviously the VAR decision was awful. The law is just unfair. But Fulham, at the end of the day, needed more chances and needed yep. more opportunities where they could have had, you know, gotten more people in the box, gotten a chance to score. And so I think this is kind of a refrain we've seen the whole season, which is that, you know, Fulham plays well. They're good at the ball. They have a nice flow, lots, you know, good passing, good dribbling. But then when it comes down to it, they're just not finishing. They're just not having shots. And I think that, you know, we've heard in so many different games. Um, and if, you know, may, I don't know if I'm as pessimistic as Max, but if we don't stay up, that's going to be the reason why, um, is that we can't totally agree. Our, our plays and his shots. Listen, that to me, you know, again, my biggest takeaway from the match, and uh, I always ask this, this is it, Rachel, you just nailed it. Just not clinical at all. You know, again, we, we could talk about Maja's obvious um, goal that doesn't count. But beyond that, they're just not clinical. I, I kept hearing it over and over again up to the final third, Max. We kept hearing it. You know, again, we're all watching the same broadcast. And it was just just so frustrating because they're doing all the things up to the final third and they just can't figure it out, Max. Is it confidence? Is it 
these players, you know, again, they're just not basically they're just not able to to uh, get that goal that sets them all off. I'm talking about Lookman, especially Ruben Loftus Cheek. They're creating opportunities, but you saw even you know, and again, I want to say this from Spurs Max. Whenever they had the ball, whenever they had their opportunities, they looked more dangerous than when we got into our final. I think that's fair to say. And I think that's what's what's frustrating is that we can control a match, but goals get your points and goals win games, and they didn't do enough today. Completely agree. I think you guys were spot on with that analysis. Um, but it, it's tough, again, because I, I would go completely off on a tirade about us not being clinical and whatnot, and I agree. At the same time, I know where you want to go. I know where no, you but, want to go. I mean, if, if we got that draw, which we deserved, again, like, Magic was clinical. That was a really was. impressive finish. To, to which be fair. Stood. I agree. And, he was and, so composed after missing the first shot. And, and that's encouraging, and Rachel. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually very encouraging. Be honest. That is encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. But and Max, I think. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead, Max Knight, something else we brought up at halftime was Loftus Cheek as a player. Um, because we were saying that there's kind of been a mixed reaction, I think, of the Fulham fan base about yep. whether he, you know, belongs on the pitch at all. And we're saying he, when he first gets the ball, he looks really good. Um, he can dribble, he can move through the field, but then he loses confidence. It's he always hangs on for, to it for a bit too long and doesn't know how to pass and doesn't know how to finish. So I think that kind of sums up the Fulham team as a whole is that, you know, looking good with the ball, but then not making anything out of it. That's um that's good analysis, Rachel. So let's talk about the first half, and and I, I want to get your your reaction to some of the things that happened in the first half. And the way I'm looking at it, guys, is that for all of the positive moments that Fulham had, the one thing that drove me crazy, and then of course you know we'll talk about the own goal, but it, it really was a goal from Deli Ali, you know. But but it did go it did go off of Tosin. Is that Max? Every time we made a mistake, they were punishing us. I'm talking about in the first half. So so let's analyze the first half. Let's talk about, even though we were in control, and as Rachel said, really, until the last minute of, of the half, didn't create anything. But every time we lost it, they were ready to pounce. Yeah, 100%. You look at the quality of that front four on paper, Ali, Bale, Kane, Son. I mean, that's... That's terrifying. And you saw with the goal, certainly, how they can combine really quickly. Yeah. And they'll make you pay. At the end of the day, Spurs did something which we talked about you know, a number of weeks ago. They pressed us. And they you asked, did. You know, why don't more teams press Fulham? Because we can't deal with it. Um, and I think that's one thing you have to give credit to Mourinho for in that first half is he yes, recognized that. me to give him credit, <laughs> but yes. Well, we have weak links in the back. And it was Aina giving it away at times. Tosin. But it was Tosin giving away as well. And you hate to say it, we'll talk about the goal, but being pulled out of position, being too eager to press. This really was the worst out of fence looked in that kind of 25-minute spell, I'd argue, in that first half. Worst I've seen them play probably since the Leicester match when you're we really torn apart. And that's what it reminded me most of. To be fair, they're both quality teams. But, yeah, we, we just look sloppy. We look, we didn't have the time that teams normally give us. But I would say we started the first 10 minutes on the front foot. Absolutely. But, there again, there was absolutely no end product, which Rachel was mentioning. I mean, the loft-to-cheek one, it just stands out to me because I think it was probably five minutes in. It's a great shifting of the ball to get past Ndombele. It's superb. And he keeps driving. And then he gets to the 18-yard box and he becomes a Sunday League footballer. And he scuffs <laughs> a shot. And that shot, Russ and Rachel, yes. if that shot would not have reached the goal if no player oh, was on the pitch. That probably would have gone out. Not, it wouldn't even hit the touchline. I mean, that's just going to stop at the penalty area. That's how poorly he hit it. And it's unbelievable that someone who's been an England international, played for Chelsea, and I don't think you can – pin all that down to injury. 
that's yeah. a fundamental failing of a footballer there. If you cannot strike strike a ball properly, and then we saw the second half he hits in Rosette um, when he had more time. It, it's it's just a joke, really. Okay, I don't want to single out Lost the Cheek because he gets a lot of stick. Right, Lamina was was a joke as well. I mean, well, let's talk I mean, about yeah. this, and uh, I'll give just Rachel embarrassing. The honors on, just on embarrassing. This. You know, because listen, he has an opportunity, Rachel, at the end of the first half, and did Fulham deserve to be level? I don't know. Okay, <laughs> honestly, because again. They were making all these mistakes, but they had this opportunity. He needs to score there, Rachel, at the end of the first half. You know, I, I totally agree, but I think we we could have been a little more forgiving of that if there had been any other good chances to score Scratch a goal. Um, and so just because that was the only one, you know, I, I do think Lamina um, wasn't, wasn't that great overall. Um, thought he was a little bit invisible in the middle of the pitch. But, you know, if there were just more opportunities, I think it would have been, you know, um, we could have just said if chalk that up to a fluke, um, but just again to not be so negative, I do want to um, give a <laughs> give kudos to Ariola for those great saves in the first yes. half on um, the hurricane header that he he saved and other with his feet. Um, I think as always he's been it's been such a great acquisition for Fulham to have um, a really good world class goalkeeper, um, and yep. that definitely saved us from going down more than one nil in the first half. Okay, very good. All right, let's go backwards and let's talk about the goal max that uh spurs score and what was interesting at halftime uh, i'm watching peacock and danny higginbotham said that Fulham were basically playing in between two systems and they were getting killed in transition and this was really uh, a huge example of it that they were playing these two different systems and uh they got they got caught out here on on a mistake and in, in transition so let's talk about the the own goal here because again, this is you know I love Tosin and I actually you know love our defense, but they look shaky here. And every time they made a mistake, credit to Spurs, they were ready to pounce in the first half. Yeah, um, it just starts with Tosin being completely out of position. He pressures Harry Kane. Kane's probably 10, 15 yards in a, is in his own half. There's no need to be that aggressive on his back. And of course, when you pressure a player of that quality, he gets beat. Um, and then, and that in my mind leads to the own goal because when he's running with his, he's facing his own goal, only bad things happen when you're a defender facing your own goal. But I do think a number of things also happen in, in the buildup there. You know, we only really have three at the back. It's Aina, Anderson, and Robinson. Yep. And Anderson gets drawn to, cu- to give backup to Aina. So Aina right. has Son, Anderson goes across. I think that's a mistake by Anderson, in my opinion, because yes, it would be nice to give Anderson backup because you know Son's a dangerous player, but you also have Deli Alley free in the middle. And I think if Anderson hangs back, marks Alley, then you you don't force Tosin to make that own goal in my mind. So, but honestly, Russ, looking back at that, yep, the way I'm analyzing it, it very much reminds me of uh, 2018-19 Fulham season. When oh no, you it's go not through, cool there. <laughs> no, but it's funny because you go, oh, the initial mistake up there, and then on the break, and then you had a breakdown defense between the people who were back, and then it just kind of found its way and reminded me almost of the Aaron Ramsey goal that Arsenal scored against us um, back. I think we lost about like four one or something at the cottage. It was that kind of progression where they just go from attack so quickly from their own half, and we're just completely caught out. Okay. All right. Very good. Good stuff, guys. So we're at halftime now, and Fulham are, are down 1-0. So let's transition to the second half. And it's interesting, guys, because, you know, and I'll go to you, Rachel, because when we talk about the second half, it'll all lead up to us talking about the uh, VAR decision. And as Chris Davidson said, it wasn't a VAR decision. 
it was a rule. And uh, I understand that, Chris. We, we all understand that. Not, they not, were not, enforcing the rule. That's just wrong. That's just wrong because without VAR, it wouldn't have, the goal would have been given without VAR. I mean, that doesn't make any it sense. It wasn't the championship. It doesn't make any sense, yeah. It, it would have been a point for fault. So, yes, I, I, I understand that. But we will get to that. Max, trust me, we're going to get to that. <laughs> but I want to get Rachel's thoughts on the second half before we get to that because – Fulham were on the front foot, Rachel, and they actually created more than a few opportunities. You know, very early on, you had the, you know, I hate to say again, another shot from Lamina right in at the beginning of the second half in the 47th minute. Then you have um, Anderson's header that saved. You have a Tosin header right afterwards. So this will all lead up, lead us all up to talking about the Maja sh- situation. But before that, were you thinking that Fulham were going to get that equalizer? Because again, even the announcers were saying when they scored it, you know, it was a it was a goal that they, you know, that they fully deserved. So were you feeling that the goal was going to come? I know the goal doesn't count, but did you feel it was coming? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's totally right. I think Fulham really did find a rhythm for a big chunk of the second half. Um, I, I think, you know, Lookman uh, was great, you know, making good moves, beating players. Um, I also want to say that um, Anderson was, you know, doing the thing where he, you know, has a long cross up from the back to find someone um, right outside the box that led to a goal last week, the other week. Um, and so I, th- I think Fulham was kind of getting into a familiar pattern where they they can link passes together, they can get close and they can get comfortable approaching goal. Um, so it was definitely a huge improvement for me on the first half, which I thought was very stilted and, you know, looked, Fulham just looked uncomfortable in the first half, but then they really turned that around, which is impressive. Yeah. Okay. Excellent there, Rachel. And Max, I'm going to give you the honors and uh, you probably don't want the honors to talk about the, we thought goal by Masha. Now, again, there was an opportunity right before that. I, I believe it was, it was from Molina and then Masha has his opportunity and, uh, Scores, you know, I'm jumping up. I'm I'm excited. Probably you two are, are exactly the same way. Everyone watching is probably thinking the same way. I don't know why I was thinking, uh-oh, this is going to be looked at by VAR because I saw all the hands go up from, from the Spurs players. I'm like, uh-oh, this could go against Fulham. Then I saw it, and then, again, I understand it's the rule. Chris, uh, our, our good friend in, in Spain, is, is saying it, it is a rule. It is a rule. But – at the time when I'm watching it, I was excited for the goal, but give me your thought process while you were watching this. The goal goes in, then VAR takes a look at it and and basically takes away the goal. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a real shame, but I actually had it slightly ruined for me, and this is kind of the issue with watching um, you know, on, on a stream, which might be behind, because I go into the, the Hammy and WhatsApp Oh, to message go, like no. gets in and, and then I see Dan Crawford say what's going on and the, oh no I'm thinking at first I thought Spurs went up the other end and scored again I wasn't even considering a VAR decision um, but unfortunately that's what it was just to talk about the finish I think it's a really nice finish for Magia yeah. because it does come to him fortuitously like it's a, it's a lucky bounce let's be honest to get to his feet but once it's there that's low that's hard in the corner and it's everything we've been missing um in the first whatever hour of the match because we'd players scared of taking shots. And then when players did take shots, they were leaning back and not even hitting the target. So for this, for me, it was someone who was full of confidence and Magia who saw the ball in a good position and his first instinct was to shoot. And it was hard and low in the corner. That's all you can ask for. Yeah, absolutely, Max. And it, it's just, you know, it's just disappointing because again, right after he scores, we think it's, you know, 
Fulham have equalized. And I'm thinking, okay, they have a chance to win this game. Were you thinking the same way I was? That if, once they scored this goal, they could have gone on and won the match. Obviously, it did not turn out that way. But were you confident that they were going to be able to create more opportunities? We'll talk about it after the decision. Yeah, there's only one team in the second half, let's be honest. I don't think Spurs had a shot on target unless you count the Kane shot at the end, which arguably was offside. So, yep. yeah, we, we had the momentum. And that's a classic Mourinho move is you take the lead and you drop back and you give the opposition, you know, confidence to just come at you wave after wave. And that's what it was in the second 45. Spurs could barely get out of their own half. Um, and credit to Anderson, credit to Adarabayo, because they were the mid, the marshals there, almost at halfway line. They kept the play um, positive and pinged those balls out wide. And we just we just camped out there. Um, so, yeah, I think if that had gone in, the momentum would have shifted. In, in a cruel twist of fate, I think the momentum almost went away from us because... I was going to ask you, how much do you think yeah. that affected the players? Yeah. Rachel, after Max... I'll go to you because I want to get your thoughts psychologically. Max, to you first. How much do you think it affected the players? I think massively. I think there's a lot to be said for a player being demoralized after you have something so precious and it's taken away from you. It takes a lot to pick yourself up and go again. Okay. Rachel, your thoughts on that. Do you think that that maybe uh, the wind was blown out of their sails after that situation? It's difficult. Listen, these are professionals, but they're people too. That has to affect your psyche when you think that you've uh, leveled and then, you know, again, it gets taken away from you. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree. And especially with the subs coming, you know, pretty soon after that. Yeah, I want to talk about your thoughts on the subs. In yeah. Just a I, I just, I didn't see, you know, you, normally you think you'd have a sub and come in, you have a little more of a spark, a little more energy in the game, but I don't, I think the subs were a little bit demoralized too, just to see that like the, it's so daunting to have to dig back into the game after such a decision. Um, but I, I do want to say, and like this isn't something that, you know, is brand new. It's been said before, but it's so hard to watch the Premier League and have to like sort of hedge your reaction when there's a goal. Like you can never celebrate fully because there's always no, that chance point. to come back and, and be reviewed. And it's just, it. I mean, I, I, I don't want to get into a whole debate on VAR in general, but it just <laughs> is, is, a, is frustrating as a fan, especially when you see things that are like, yes, you know, obviously it did hit his arm. No one's disputing that. But in the spirit of the game, does it uh, give Fulham an advantage? No. And that's the point. It's the letter of the law, Max. This goes back to what we're talking about. And I'm glad that Rachel brought this up. It's like you can't even, you know, and we know this. You really can't celebrate because you have to wait until VAR looks at it or, you know, again, that, that it's a goal. So, you know, in the spirit, you know, and again, it's just it's so difficult. I, I want to get your thoughts on what Rachel just shared. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I, I agree completely. And one of the best things about being a supporter is cheering a goal and knowing the goal that you've just, you know, screamed your lungs out for is going to stand and not going to be taken away just minutes later. That's why I want to say it is a VAR issue in many ways. Although, you know, the argument can be made VAR is just simply applying the existing law. That's true, but and, and that's the what presence, Chris was mentioning. Yeah, the presence yeah. of VAR in the first place means that a goal scored is never truly a goal scored until it's reviewed and checked. And I think that is taking away from some of the joy of the game. I really would not have a massive issue going back to the championship and having the knowledge that, yes, there will be calls that are wrong. But okay. knowing that every single team is playing on, on the same even playing field and that, you know, they'll, it, it might even out over the season. And that's what I think yep. might happen. 
uh, in, in general. It usually does. Yeah. You know, it, we talk about this, but I'm actually going to give both of you a little spin on this and people that watch this show know how I feel about this, that I feel that there's a big team bias and I'm just going to share this. Okay. Because I saw this comment 100% Rob yet again versus a big team. So I'm going to ask the question to both of you, Max, to you first. Teams are reversed. Does that happen to Spurs? I, I don't know. I, I think one of the benefits of VAR, to be fair, is that. Do you think it would be fair and it would be fair both no, ways? I think VAR does, in a way, eliminate the big team bias. Because okay. I can see in a past said, era when United got that. all. Yeah. Well, I think United get all the, the penalties, perhaps, in like the early 2010s. But then if you put it on to decision in the video review, some of those might not be penalties. I think you did see it today with the Kane decision. Yep. When he completely dived in the box yep. and the referee correctly said there's no contact. It was very baffling he didn't book Kane because that is a dive. That's a letter of the law to dive. So that's an issue. But I do think VAR is a way issue. to equalize the big team bias. Okay. So that's I, I don't actually, know if I that's a good point. That's a good point. And we, we talked about that. Rachel, what are your thoughts on that? Because again, I always have this, you know, again, we support Fulham. We don't support Spurs. We don't support Chelsea. I always think that there's, you know, a referee quote unquote big team bias. But as Max said, in this case, in most cases with VAR, that can be the equalizer to to basically all my complaining about it. Yeah, I mean I I, I think it, it really does depend on the, in the situation though. Um and I think another thing that's interesting that um you know is is the kind of home team away team bias, like a home field advantage, though obviously that's kind of counteracted by the fact that there are no fans. Um, but I wonder if VAR has kind of um, gotten away with that because, you know, you don't have the, the home fans screaming at the ref. Instead, sure. it's just, you know, looking at the computer screen. But I don't know. I think teams have been generally, uh, you know, the unhappiness has been distributed. Um, okay. You know, I've seen many fans of many different teams unhappy with VAR. <laughs> I hear you, Rachel. I hear you. Okay. So the next thing I want to ask you both about, Rachel, you already brought it up, but I want to go to Max. Thoughts on the substitutions, Max? Again, we have Ingisa coming on. You have Mitro coming on. And I thought the one that really was glaring was was bringing on Joe Bryan for the end because of, let's be honest, the poor crossing of Anthony Robinson. It, it has to be the reason why he brought Joe Bryan on. So what were your thoughts about the substitutions? Because, again, what's interesting, when I look at it, did they really change the game? Did those substitutions change the game? And after this situation, Fulham were still in control but when Spurs made their substitutions, I thought they grabbed a little bit of control back from full. I think Angisa is really the only one who can make any kind of claim for changing uh, the match. Because I think he was bright. I think he had some good touches. He just seemed like he was more assertive uh, in the center of the park. But yeah, Brian, obviously, as you mentioned, brought on to improve the crossing. Yep. Can't really think of any crossing crosses horrible. he had. Mitrovic is the one I want to spend the most time on. because. Okay. It's just such an issue. The The one that stuck out to me was, I'd probably say it's 80th minute around about, and I think it was either Brian or Lookman, who's on the left wing. Yep. And Mitro goes to check in for a short pass on the edge of the area. And the ball goes in the box, and it's Magia who's being left at the far post, and Ben Davies, who isn't a tall player. That's ben right. Davies leaps above and heads it clear. What is Mitrovic doing if he's not in the box getting on the end of these headers? And then another thing that jumped out was it was actually a decent ball he put in when he was on the right wing, essentially. But no one is there to gamble. And I'm just thinking, why is not Mitrovic gambling on it? Because we've seen him score so many goals when he kind of gets on the end of those cross-come shots and just taps it in far post. But he's the one who's putting in the cross. That, to me, is just absolutely – I have no answer for that. 
He's a player who thrives in the six-yard box, but he seems almost terrified of it when I've seen him play in recent weeks. And he can't even get his head in a cross in the past month. I don't know what's happened to him, but it's it's worrying. Um, And now I know why he's not starting because he just can't do the thing he's good at. It's uh, disappointing. And uh, Tony Gale on the broadcast kept talking about, where's Mitro? Where's Mitro? He's your striker. Why isn't he in the box? We kept hearing that. And I think that there's, you know, and again, I, I don't know what's going on there. But um, before we talk about man of the match, and then we learn a, a little bit more about the Coens, because I, I, I want I want everyone to learn about the Coens here, is um, Rachel, I want to get your thoughts on what was going through your mind at the end of the match. Did you feel that Fulham were going to get that equalizer? Or did you think that it was going to end the way it ended? Oh, I mean, as a Fulham fan, you know, you never expect them to get <laughs> a final equalizer. That's I don't even know if I've ever seen that happen in recent memory. Um, but so, you know, um, I, I think I don't think they played awfully at the very end of the second half. But no, I didn't because I like I said before, you know, the subs didn't really energize the game. I no. think both Brian and Mitro haven't played that much this season, um, you know, just objectively. And so they didn't really have the the special thing you need to to get the game going at the very end. Yeah, I mean Joe Bryan has barely played, you know, and to see him come on, I'm thinking this is almost it felt like Max a desperate move because again they the But I don't know. I mean when you say desperate it signifies like a, a negative connotation. I thought it was a smart play by Parker okay. to get that service on it. I mean it didn't pan out obviously, but I didn't think it was a desperate. I think he recognized that, you know, Robinson couldn't cut it and he wanted to put on someone who's Linked really well with Mitrovic. Yeah, I want to share this because Edward Sermons and Robinson had the only good cross of the game. He did have one, I believe. Out of what, like 20, 25? I mean, let's be honest. Cavalera, I think, had the best service of the match when he put that ball in for Anderson, yep. I think, off the free kick. So, okay. But again, it, the quality's not nearly good enough. If you're okay. only talking about three or four good crosses yeah. over a 90-minute match, that's, that's not good that's enough. Okay. All right. And uh, Max, um, did you feel, you know, again, I... I thought the last ten minutes, I'm, I just didn't see Fulham getting that equalizer. Were you feeling? Were you feeling confident they they were going to get get that equalizer? Or did you feel that it was just, a, it just wasn't going to be their day? Yeah, it just after the the goal that was ruled out, it seemed like we just didn't have luck on our side. And I think in addition, the last 10, 15 minutes, we were less threatening than we were in the kind of sixty to seventy five minutes. Yeah, spell. totally agree. I might you know predict that the Hoiberg injury might have been the real turning point because really? he's down laying on the floor for two or three minutes right when I think we had our strongest. I think that kind of disrupted the flow of the match and it let Spurs kind of do their time-wasting Mourinho tactics. Oh, which, boy. That was so, terrible, yeah. by the way. It was a shame. Um, and, and Harry Kane, again, I'm going to say it again. I had nothing but respect for the guy before today. I, great striker. I'm not a Spurs fan. I'm not even really an England fan, but I think he's a great footballer. But I never saw antics like that. And it well, wasn't I've just that he died. It's just that he was grabbing his Max, his, his I've seen him do like, this before. This isn't yeah. new for Harry I didn't watch, I, I I didn't watch him it. close enough. There we go. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was just so bizarre because it was like he was even shot in the ankle when really there'd been no contact. It was totally egregious. Yeah. You know, it, it's funny because um, I, re- I remember that, you know, for all the great play of Wayne Rooney, Wayne Rooney used to do it too. You know, some of these players, they they just do this. And that's one of the things that Harry Kane does. But you know what? He still is uh, – Incredible striker, but I don't like that part of his game. And uh, I've said this, guys, about Quint Dempsey. Quint Dempsey used to dive too, and I'll be the first to say it. So it's not just a, uh, about the other team. It's about my team too, and, and Mitro's done it too, and I, I just don't like it. 
I just don't like it. But Hurricane's terrible at it. I, I agree with you, Max. Okay. Coming up next, I'm going to ask the Cohen twins who was man of the match, and then we're going to learn their story. Okay, guys. Over to you, Rachel. Who was your man of the match? You know, I, I think um, I, I'm this. He's been man of the match several times in the past couple of matches, but I think Anderson is just such a great presence See, and such a needed presence at the back, especially from a lone player to be the captain, to be like holding down the defense. I'm just continually impressed with the way he's played. Um, and he had that great header um, from, I think it was a Cavalero corner kick that almost went in. It was just tipped over the bar by Loris. And so I think he really has had a great match. He's been on a great um, streak of, of uh, matches. So, yeah, Anderson for me. Okay. Tony Gale kept talking about Anderson Max as his man of the match. Is he your man of the match too? I was going to say Anderson. I agree with everything Rachel said. Uh, but just to switch it up, I'll probably say Magia uh, for his goal, getting the equalizer. Uh, not, unfortunately. Um, okay. But I, I, thought, I thought he if if the correct decision would have made, he would have been my man of the match just for getting that striker's finish. But yeah, I think the clear other favorite is Henderson. Yep. I mean, the accuracy of those crossfield passes. I mean, he really could be a midfielder the way he plays. He could be a center mid. Uh, those, those, uh, those passes are unbelievable, Max. It's a weapon, you know, and uh, I want to see that more from him because, but the problem is once, once it gets to the players, they're not clinical enough. So again, it it's great, but if you don't finish or you don't really, have good creativity from that. What good is the the wonderful pass from Anderson? But, but yes, I, I agree that he was man of the match, and uh, he's he's just so calm on the ball in in so many situations. And I think we see that. I I think Tosin has a, a bright future, and I think Tosin has been great overall this season. But he does have, you know, it's funny. Tony Gale said this as well. He does have maybe that one mistake. You know, he he does have that in him, and I think over time he'll he'll. he'll improve from that but i i see where he's coming on that so i'm just going to share just a couple comments here deslin says innocent yet again for me edward severin player of the season is and i would i would well i would say that in areola i think it's i think it's pretty close but i i have to share this with you max before we go to you and rachel because i think you're going to agree with this this is from my friend chris who's actually a patriots fan he watches every one of my shows for whatever reason thank you chris kane should have been booked for cheating yeah, hundred percent. I think, but that's not even controversial. I think when the referee reviews that and he says it's not a penalty, it can't, it can't be a you know not a penalty and then not not a dive, you know, because there was no contact. Yeah, it wasn't just a coming together. There was no coming together at all. So, yeah, that's just simple. Okay, excellent. Okay, all right, guys, we're gonna finish up with as I mentioned, it's an honor to have the Cohen twins as you know, and again, you guys probably don't. Don't remember or Wonder Twins, Wonder Twin Powers. There used to be this, this, uh, this cartoon when I was young. I know, I'm sorry, Max. I had to say it called the Wonder Twins. So I think of you guys as the Wonder Twins. So I want to hear both of your stories together. I'm going to start with you, Rachel, because I know Max, Max has talked a little bit about it. So let's talk about your experience and, and you can mention your entire family, our foam supporters. So talk about how you became a foam supporter. Um, yeah, so I guess, you know, maybe longtime viewers of the show will know that um, when Max and I were in middle school, our family lived in London. And so that was kind of like, you know, the era of Clint Dempsey, Danny Murphy, Bobby Zamora, all those yeah. legends at that, um, at that point. And so we had, you know, season passes to Craven Cottage, sat in the Johnny Haynes stand. We'd travel all over England to go to um, away games. Um and it was, you know, I, I played soccer a little bit. I'm, I'm more of a swimmer. 
um, that was my main sport, but I played soccer growing up. And so I was always kind of, you know, and my whole family, Max played soccer, our older brother did too. Um, but Fulham was the first time where I really like supported a team and, you know, going to the cottage and getting to see all those games and really like getting invested in the players. Um, it just became something that, you know, fell in love with. And then when we moved back to the US, you know, we kept following Fulham, even after, you know, they got relegated, they were in the championship and coming back up. Um, we were at the playoff final in um, 2018. I was there too. Yeah, yes, that was a, that was a great, one of the oh, best days of my life, I have to say. That's um, great. But, and so, yeah, yeah, I mean, I've just, it's, um, I'm a big sports fan in general, but I think Fulham really as a team is just something that I'll, um, is very special to me. Um, in a real way of like connecting with my family and connecting I was going to say whole, it's a family, family affair, right? It's not just yeah. you and Max. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, our our mom is a huge fan. Um, our our dad, our dog. Uh, her middle name is Dempsey. <laughs> oh, that's um, great. After Clint Dempsey, that's, that's her, her legal name. Um, so yeah, no, we're all just part of the the Fulham USA family. Before I go to Max, give me your your favorite match that you were at. Would it be the playoff final, or would it be one? even way before that when you when you guys were, were living in London. Rachel. Oh my match? Oh sorry. Um, oh, I'm sorry. God, I there um there was a match actually it was against Tottenham. I think it was the FA Cup. Max, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it was like a four it was four one. Oh I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so just just being there and like, you know, I I was in school and I had been, you know, everyone we went to, we lived in North London, so everyone was like an Arsenal or Tottenham fan. They'd always tease me. They'd be like, Okay, Fulham fan, ha ha ha, not very serious. But then we beat Tottenham and I was like, Okay, you know, we're yeah. <laughs> we're a big club too. Um so that was just a great time, you know. Fulham, you know, never scores that many goals, but this was just yeah, it was a great match to be at. Okay. Max, over to you. I, I know you've mentioned this before on Cottage Talk, but just uh, your experience. You know, like uh, Rachel said, it's a family affair for you guys. Yeah, I mean, Rachel did a really great synopsis of it. I'll just add one more anecdote because this is really funny yeah, to one. show you the whole family affair. So it was, I think it was the 2012-13 season, and Fulham were playing QPR away uh, at Loftus Road. And my dad told me – I got me tickets, me and him, and we were just delighted to go. Yep. But for whatever reason, I got in trouble. I, I was being you know, a, a bit naughty, whatever. So I, I couldn't go, and he's like, I'm taking Rachel instead. So he took Rachel to that game. Really? And I don't know if you remember, but QPR had lost or hadn't won a match all season. It was like winner. And they beat us. I think it was Hey Redknapp was managing. Oh, I remember Like 1-0 at Loftus Road. Link to Rap scored. But I remember I was, I was at that, home. That was Fuming. Del Torado. I remember yeah, that. Fuming. And oh. then, but luckily I didn't have to go. Um, yeah, I think I would, we like, we stood up the whole game and I'm, I'm very small and I was like even smaller back then. So <laughs> it was like, I can hardly see anything. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it was I, a great time to just being among all the Fulham fans. Yeah. My, my favorite match, maybe not my favorite match, but one that really stood out to me was actually the one the season before at Loftus Road yep. when Pogrebniak scored the winner in the one. See, I was gonna I thought that was the one you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, no, I was there for that one, luckily, but um I always love the wins over QPR. That was those are very meaningful. Oh, and then I have one one more story. Um, go ahead, Rachel, actually, go ahead. Um this was um, you know, twenty eighteen. Uh the the Darb uh the Darby second leg uh in the playoffs. Oh, you were um, there? So no no no, no, no. we were watching there. at home but we had gotten our wisdom teeth out that morning. And so, like, we were still recovering. Like, we got our wisdom teeth out at the same time. And I had, like, ice packs on our face and everything. And I was just, like, screaming at the TV. But I was, like, so out of it in, in pain. And I was like, wow. <laughs> so that was another another funny Cohen family. <laughs> Full of match. 
Well, that's great. That's great. And listen, I, I want to, you know, I want to thank both of you guys for doing this show with me. And uh, it's been great doing and learning, learning about you guys. And uh, who knows, maybe I can get, get your parents. So we can have like a complete <laughs> Cohen family re, reunion. You know, keep complete full, full Cohen show. That might be, that might be fun, but it, it's been great having you on. And Rachel, you are welcome back anytime, anytime you want. You're, you're welcome back. Thank you. Yeah, I've had a great time. Okay. Great debut. Very good debut. Great, just like magic. Fantastic. Hopefully debut. with a better result next time. Exactly. Exactly. Hopefully it will be after a Fulham victory if we ever have some more Fulham victories. Okay. Max, final thoughts before we go. Final thoughts. I think it's great to have Rachel on. She's acquitted herself yeah. very well. Um, oh, absolutely. Thanks. Thanks for inviting her. What I would say about Fulham, though, is, you know, we got Liverpool next and then City. It's going to be tough. I think we really could be in a tough situation at the end of those matches, but it's always well, the same thing we've said. We've said you for heard weeks. Mike, you heard Mike, Mike thought yeah. that we could survive this, even if we lost all three. Yeah. And honestly, in, in the show we did after palace, I predicted losses in all three. So although I'm gutted today, this match wasn't even in the cards. For yeah, me it wasn't even prediction. on your radar as, yeah. as something that we would get something from, but it just depends on wins against teams around us. And we've seen time after time again, this season, we play really well against the big sides and struggle to replicate the same intensity. So, can we play like this against Southampton, against Burnley at home, against Leeds, against Villa? Yep. You know, these all remain to be seen, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't want to say I'm optimistic, but the fight in that second half does give me a bit of hope. But again, yep. the finishing brings me right back to my pessimistic side. Okay. I have to share this for Rachel because uh, my friend Chris uh, just messaged this. So Thank great you. job, Rachel. So there you go, Rachel. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, just to give, I mean, just to give my final thoughts, I think, you know, maybe some of the reasons we expected a good performance was just because of the the tie, the draw earlier in the season against yep. Tottenham and Liverpool next great performance. That's what against I was expecting. First leg. Yeah. So, so I think, you know, it's, the loss is okay, but just because we know we can play so well against these big teams, maybe it's our frustrating. expectations are high. Rachel, it's so frustrating because it was there for them. You know, I, I hate to keep saying this. It was there for them. Like you said, we, I predicted a full victory partially because of the way we played the first time. I'm thinking, okay, we're at Craven Cottage. I'm thinking, you know, we keep it tight for the first half, you know, and it almost played out the way I thought it was going to play out. They score a goal or then hopefully we score a goal and then we get the winner. It almost worked out that way, but it didn't, you know, obviously never came off, but I'm still, you know, um, I'm optimist Russ and I'm, I'm not changing that. I'm, we're staying in this division. I'm not changing my thoughts on it. That's anyway. good. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, we're going to wrap this up for the Cohen twins, Rachel and Max. I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to cottage talk. It's the 90th minute. And all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping. And you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants. 18 plus. Serving times. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.